This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer Minisode 14. It's me, Russ the Face. I am joined by Terry Cheetah Pike and uh, Les the Nose Martin and also Byron Fish, because that's all I know to say about him because he's been missing, basically. How you doing? All right. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. bad, not bad. So, yeah, just cheating, you know, how it is, casual. Mate, it's like, what? don't hate the player, hate the game, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happened in my absence. Well, we'll get on to that. Terry's been outed. I've been outed. He's been, he's been, he's been using. No, no, hidden rules from multiple places. We'll talk about this. Right, so this show is going to be a little bit of a uh, talk about the South Coast pack, but also talking about sort of where GW are going with compendiums that have come out, the, the death of. Death? Of. of, My death of undeath? My my army's dead! (laughs) Um, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I thought we'd just start off, um, and talk just a little bit about the South Coast pack. I, d- I did cover it on Healing Hammer as well in an interview, but um, I thought we'd do our own one, um, non non PC version. So, <laughs> um, you, you basically, it's probably better if you guys ask me questions rather than me just talk about how great I am, um, which is what I normally do on the show. So Obviously that's like standard for you, though. Right? Well, yeah, so I mean, you know, how do we record? If you're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I can't, you know, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> so uh, I can edit anyway, so I'll just edit in good things about me afterwards. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, South Coast back. So you guys are all coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how many of you have actually like looked at the pack then? I've played a game. There you go. Hey, attack. So what do you think about, about the pack then? I mean, what's your sort of, I mean, I, I, I looked at the missions and I felt that it, it adds a new sort of like dynamic to the game. I know that we've been, all been playing under Clash for a little while now. And the, um, obviously with the missions that you play in Clash, I think that what you've done by adding that little bit extra flavor to the, to the missions, um, is, is going to be really good. For, for the event I really enjoyed the, the, the mission I played in the Realm of Life I thought that was really good I was looking forward to playing um, there's a couple of missions that are sort of look a little bit like an Infinity game missions hmm. there's a little bit of influence there yeah yeah I mean not that you know I'm sure that there's influence everyone takes influence from everywhere but I think the, the Realm of Fire looks like a good mission um, and I also look uh, the, the Realm of Death looks quite good too but yeah I mean I, I, I think it's going to it definitely is going to affect me personally with list design, I think. And I think anything that you've done with the missions that affects list design is good for the game going forward because it means that you can't just copy and paste what you normally take. Makes it things up, doesn't it? So yeah. why why did you go down the route that you went down? Okay, so for people who aren't aware, basically we, we decided to forge a narrative with the camp with the missions. Um, when I wrote the missions, I didn't... I didn't have an overall story in mind. I just had, I wanted to theme it around the realms. Um, and I always quite like the idea of this, all points and the gates. 
I quite like that. So that was going to be one of the missions. Um, and also wanted to do a kind of capture the flag style um, mission. So a lot of my, when I wrote the original missions, it was what realms do I want to be in and what, what sort of game do I want on the table. Um, so that was basically the first flesh out. And I sent a very rough draft to Dan and I said, these are six missions. You know, altars, storm front, storm moves, realm of fire, ash, choking, blah, 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 realm of life, corruptor, purifier, all that. All but no like expansive rules, but just the, the actual the mission, the wound condition, the sort of the rough theme, the death one with the obelisk with the gash. Yeah. Um, and that was my sort of first bit. And then Dan basically came back and said these are awesome, and he was talking to Wayne about having a story for Age of Sigma, making the event more Age of Sigma. So it's kind of like putting a pin in the old world and saying that's done. Let's let's embrace the new. Um, and because everything's the Realm Gate Wars, that's what we we basically going to theme our event around. So we thought we we wanted competitive missions. So for the competitive tournament gamer, it's still balanced, fair, competitive, but also it's got a narrative and it's got a story, and you can mould that story around your army and your game and your experience. Yeah. So it's got a strength for both people. Cause, well, because yeah, I'm not normally fussed about story and narrative. Like when I mean, I bet you had this when you played online games. You go get quick, click a quest. You just click, 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 click. You don't read yeah. the eight text boxes of like cool fluff Stare and the rest of the story. Listen. <laughs> I, I just click through and then look at the waypoint where I'm going. So for me, the tournament is more about the games, but yeah. the added story is kind of cool as well. Like obviously, I read through it all and it's. It's, well, it doesn't usually interest me that sort of thing, but it, you know it's a cool little added. But I think for me, like I've been to gone to events before. It's like oh, it's like a campaign weekend. It's a it's a it's a fluff mission, and it's it's all about the story. And it's like yeah, but why can't that still be a balanced, fair game? Why has it got to have these ridiculous things that happen in the game that just completely undermine any sort of thing it's you're a doing? Mission. So seventeen giants may turn up on any one turn for any one player. Go. Yeah, and I found that was the problem when like we went to the Invitational. Some of the missions were awesome, but like I played one against John Warmington, and it was literally just things where ex- the world was crumbling to bits, and terrain was just leaving the table and killing everything. Great, but then you can't play that as a serious game, because there aren't any tactics around it, it's just random. So we didn't want it to be like like the when we played the Stormfront mission which is out of the Gal Morales book. At, that was horrific. It's just luck, because it's just who it rolls the battle turn. There's no yeah. tactic in that. It's a dice roll. No. So we, we just, I said, well, I don't want that, but I like I like the imagery of that. I like the idea of these two storm, the storms batting against each other. It's a really cool concept. It? It's a great concept, but the mission itself doesn't work as a competitive tournament game. No. So all I did was, that's mission one. I just went, I'm going to make this a competitive game. Um so I borrowed basically the sort of the idea of holding the four altars to basically influence the storm. Um, and I also, what I wanted to do in terms of gaming is in- encourage people to take different types of units. Whereas I find under clash, all you do is take units and the most efficient number of wounds because that's the only thing that can score. So what I wanted to do under South Coast is some missions you need monsters and heroes, other missions you need units and some missions it doesn't matter. So it's kind of you don't have to take units. So you want to use your core, Mighty Lord Corn. You, you're actually a viable choice. Yeah, but um, and then basically Wayne wrote a draft of the story, 
Um, and I, I then basically fleshed it out and put it into a more sort of, um, sort of story, creative writing, descriptive kind of bit of writing rather than just a, like, this, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. So I basically tried to make it look a bit like a passage out of a book, um, to do as the intro. Yeah. And then we tried to link the missions. So basically you start off in the, you're in the, basically the story, just give you a brief overview, is, um, Traylon is basically this 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 agent of Zinch under Archeon's um, sort of will. He basically goes back to Archeon and says, "Hey, look, I fucked up. Um, <laughs> I uh, I lost this uh, the compass, which is basically something that will allow Archeon to access Azir, to allow him to get to where Sigmar is. Um, and basically, the Zinch wanted it for himself, and he said the changeling there was a jewel." The, the artifact got shattered um, and then basically Archon's basically in the intro he's basically killing the guy and then he sends out his Varen guard out to find this key um, and that's basically it and so you, you're basically either trying to find it to stop him or you're finding it to help Chaos or you just want it for your own you can make up your own reasons why your particular army would want this artifact it doesn't have to be that you're on Archeon or Sigma's side and I didn't want to make it too specific. So, if you want to take Archeon and you're literally playing that that bit of the story, great. If you don't, you want to play Nagash, that's fine. Um, so basically, the first mission is is you sort of know that the where they had a jewel and the artifact went. You have a rough idea where it is. So um, you basically go into the realm of um, metal and um, metal. Yeah, metal. <laughs> there's a. Um, <laughs> You can't. No, I'm not gonna do it. Um, do it. Do it. <laughs> and there's a storm of um, like madness, basically, where they've created this, um, where they had the fight. Basically, you go to where they fought, and there's this storm that was created by during the duel. These sort of magical energies are still kind of hitting against each other, even though the the fight's ended and it's gone. Um, and basically, the whole point is that you're trying to find clues of where it would have gone. Um, and so that's the first mission. But you're as you're there, another group turn up. Um, but the mission is basically four altars, and you, as you control them, you push the storm front either into your opponent's territory or they push it into yours. You've got to have heroes um, or monsters, I believe, to cut, to actually hold it. And if the storm moves over your men, it, it does damage um, as they're basically battered by the, um, the the warp storm doing damage to you. So that's it, basically. And then... The idea is that there's a there's a clue you get which is basically leads you to the realm of death, but this actually turns out that this is Nagash's tricked you, um, and what he's doing is he he wants your souls because he's weakened. This is came from reading the Black Library book, um, well reading listen to the audio drama which is all about their look. He's not very happy that basically Sigmar's taken souls away from him and he's very weak at the moment and he's trying to recover his strength. Probably so I thought. Cash. Yeah, I thought it'd be cool that this is probably why he needs to drop down in pool comps. No, sorry, <laughs> <coughs> sorry, Tony. Um, so basically, he's he's lured you there, and he wants your soul, and then you're trying to get out. Basically, um, so you're you're trying to find the way out of the where you're trapped, and the answers lie within clues on obelisks and where you are. So, and there's night haunts coming across the battlefield doing damage. So I think that's quite a quite an interesting mission. I've not played any of these yet, but hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to play some. We had a, a lot of guys down the club playing the 
um, the the Nagash mission. I think uh, it's quite popular on Monday. Yeah, it was. It looked really, really good. I think what the, the board chiefs are doing is that they've all played mission one. They're all playing mission two on when th- tomorrow night they're all playing mission three and they're just working through them. So they're actually mm. playing it as a narrative. Oh, cool. So, that's that's what the plan was down the water chiefs because I got told off because me and Rob played mission four, didn't we? So, oh yeah, you went out of went out of sequence. Yeah, or something. I'm a rebel, me though, aren't I? Yeah, played yeah. so I'm such a rebel. Yeah, but um, but no, it looked a lot of fun. I said he was playing. Uh, I think it's Marcus um, with his undead army um, on the table next to me at the club on Monday, and it looked like a real good game, to be honest. Yeah, I think it, it adds the the night haunts and the you know the the extra wounds and stuff really. The more wins it can cause, adds something to, you know, to the game that you have to consider. Again, it's that extra bit of thought, thought and planning that you need when you're playing. Yeah, it's planning around the fact if I take wins, I'm not going to score. So I need, you know, yeah. so it's, um, yeah, I think so. Um, and then we're playing Mission Freeze: The Garden of Life, which one of my sort of when I wrote the original ones, one of my favourites. So the idea is this terrain. Every bit of terrain is is aligned to either you or your opponent. Um, so one of you, just for simplicity's sake, the corruptor and the purifier. So um, what you've got to do is, as you move through the um, sort of the realm of life, you're trying to make the terrain fit your the the will of your army rather than theirs, because all the terrain in the area you're in will adjust to who's there. It's a bit like if you've seen the red dwarf terraform thing, where it all adapts to Rimmer's psyche, it's kind of the same sort of thing. <laughs> um, so the idea is that you you stand on the terrain and then you have to basically win an opposed dice roll with modifiers and then if you roll a 1 you take damage and then if you convert the terrain and they're on it they take damage um, and at the end of the game is who's got the most terrain aligned to their to their, their army basically. Um, so it's a bit like capturing a terrain but it's got a twist to it so it's, yeah. it's slightly different. I think um, scoring in the hero phase is really good as well. It it makes you have to think that turn in advance. That's like, obviously I played that game with Rob recently, and it really makes you sort of have to consider it's a different sort of a different aspect of the game again. I think you know obviously I'm not going to just big you up too much, but I think adding that element to it is having to plan that turn ahead and knowing that you could get ready in your turn, your opponent takes his turn, and then he could double turn you, and you wouldn't score anything that turn anyway. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, I think it really adds a new dynamic to the game. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the... I haven't necessarily considered that sort of stuff at the moment, but I'm sure as it comes out, these little nuances will come out, and it's going to be just as interesting for me to to realise. I'd like to say, oh, yes, that was my intention, but really... It wasn't. I just haven't really thought about that, but that's that makes sense. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I really found it a different style of game to play. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I was going for. I was trying to make it interesting. So I did. Then we've got the the realm of fire, where you're um, you're basically trying to dominate the the brimstone peninsula, and um, it's table catch table quarters basically. Um, heroes can't count in this mission, and then it's who's got the majority of scoring units in the area captures it um, and so the bit on this is that all the terrain is basically smoking so you can't and I don't mean like you know like smoking cigarettes I mean like it's, it's, it's this ash coming out of it and this, is they're all sort of on fire so you can't see through the terrain so basically there's a lot of line of sight blocking terrain on this 
board. Um, and if you're in it, you, you suffer minuses to hit because you, you're blinded by the, the, the sort of choking on the ash. Fuck you, shooting armies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is to try and make different armies have to be balanced, so we don't have a shot cap. So if you take an all-shooting army, this mission's going to be quite difficult for you. Well, yeah, you're boned, really. If the terrain's, you know, easy to use and quite large and you can't see over it, then you, you ain't going to be using your shooting. It depends if you can fit models in it or not, but... Yeah. Yeah, but then you're at minus one, so... And then you can't see past another bit of terrain. So it's, it's kind of, and also, if you're in the terrain, um, then you roll a dice for each bit of terrain, and on a one it erupts, and every unit takes D6 more wounds in it, so... Mm. Like you say, yeah, you can sit a unit in the terrain and go, on oh, minus one to hit, and I can, you know, see out, but then... <laughs> you run the risk of taking mortal wounds every turn, so yeah, it's kind of um, and the idea in this was again was to score victory points um, every round, so it's it's not just sit back and shoot, and then in the last turn just run your two fast cavalry into the opposite quarters or whatever. It's you have to actually compete during the game, so I can see this being quite a to and fro in the middle of the table um, because if you're in the middle of the table. You can get to all four quadrants easily. Yeah. Um, and also, sometimes when you win, win the roll to go first, if you take the first turn, which means you get the double turn, they've got the more opportunity to score because they can see where your men are and go, well, I'll be here and here and here, and then I score more points than you. So actually taking a double turn may not necessarily be the best option because you may want to go second. Yeah. So that was another reason I was trying to sort of mitigate the double turn. Yeah. Um, then probably the most complicated mission is the compass. So um, this mission is basically just two, if you want to think of it like like reliquaries, which are basically like two bits of terrain with with like a fragment of the compass in it. And you've got to basically go and pick up theirs, get back to yours, or hold on to your, on hold on to theirs and not let them have yours to win the game. I think this one's going to be really hard. <laughs> it is, I think it is, yeah. And then every turn, the fragments are basically leaking a warp energy. And so what they're doing is every unit within a distance gets a charge. And then that charge builds up until the fragment pulses. If the fragment pulses, every unit of the charge basically takes damage. So you've got to be really careful that you're not building up too much charge on your units, and that, that goes for if it's in your reliquary. So if you're trying to put a load of men around the reliquary to stop them getting to it, you're building up a charge as well. So you can't just sit a big unit on top of it and be like, yeah, it's fine. Well, you could, but you run the risk of taking that extra damage and getting those charges built up. Getting them blown up, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll be quite good. I think this is going to be a very hard mission. Um, I can I've, see it being a draw all round. <laughs> I think uh, we're talking about this. Remember Terry saying that we don't think you can see anyone winning this. Mission. I just think it's going to be so hard to protect yours, get theirs, and then get back with yours in five turns. You don't have to get back. If you get back, that's an auto win. Oh, right, yeah. If, you if, all you've got to do is hold yeah. theirs and then not have yours. So I don't imagine anyone doing the return. Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's what I was playing off of, is if you had to get back with it, I just can't see anyone getting back with it. No, no. Not. I, um, the last mission is basically the, the all points. There's four realm gates. And it's captured the realm gates, and the realm gates, you can move through them, but you have to randomize where you come out. If you've got a wizard near it, you can um, influence that roll. You can re roll it. 
yeah, you can reroll it. And then at the start of Battle Round 3, one of the gates is going to blow up um, and do damage to everyone around there. So what you can do as you go through the gate is you can actually come on from the table edge as well. On the, if you roll the right, if you roll a figure to four plus, so this will allow you to come on and basically attack units on the objectives. So you could come from anywhere around the. So you can't really go. I'll put my line of men and put my characters behind it because they could come from anywhere. Because it's quite a hard mission to defend, I think. Yeah. So I think it should be quite interesting. We'll see how that one plays out. I'm not. I'm not sure. But um, that's it for the missions. But not for the hidden agendas, which is... Yeah, that's, it'd be interesting to see your, like, you know, your, your thinking behind the hidden agendas as well, because like, me and Rob didn't play the hidden agendas. I was going to say, I don't know if you played it or not, but no, I wasn't we, sure. we didn't play it, but um, just because I, Rob was still quite new to Age of Sigmar and stuff, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't read the hidden agendas before turning up to the club. <laughs> so, no, uh, but now having read them, I just wondered, like, you know, it'd be interesting to see your, like, your, your thoughts behind each hidden agenda and stuff. Well, there's basically six missions um, or agendas, and the idea of these is you you have to a- achieve these to get like your tiebreaker because it's win loss draw South Coast, um, and the cards you play at the beginning of the mission under a bit of terrain you've got to play one or e- each one once during the weekend, um, and basically the missions are um, destroy the most unit the most standards so basically destroy that more of their banners than you lose. Um, kill their general, um, hold the towers. So we've got garrisoning in South Coast, so you can garrison a structure. So rather than being like, I'm going to balance my men on the roof and they can't quite fit and how do I move up the wall? You just take this bit of terrain and say it's garrisonable. So if you put a unit in it, the unit is the terrain, a bit like in Old Edition. But these are rules off the Skullkeep War Scroll. So it's Age of Sigmar rules. I haven't really changed anything. No. Um... And the idea is to hold the hold. It's called hold the towers. But basically, the two of the structures are always going to be garrisonable on the table. Um, you can have more if you want, if your opponent agrees. But basically, the end of round four, um, which is interesting because it's not the end of the game; it's round four. Um, you have to have said, "Yeah, I've completed the. I've got the most towers at the end of battle round four. And then you've got kill main burn, which is destroy three of your opponent's units in a single combat phase. So. I know you were saying you think this is quite difficult, didn't you, Terry? Well, it, if you if you prep for it, probably not, because you just weaken yeah. three of their units down, then bullets them all in one turn. This is the point. It's it's to, you have to play for it. If it was two units, you'd just probably get that. You just get trying. it by, but yeah, you yeah you by just playing get the game anyway. And and also, this would be quite good in against armies in some of the missions, like the Nagash mission. They want multiple scoring units, so they'll t- deploy smaller units. So if you're playing a mission which is all about having big blobs of men, then you, this isn't such a good mission to play. So you probably yeah. don't want to be playing this in round five, where it's the capture the objective. Um, then protect the king. So your general must be alive at about round four to complete. Again, pretty hard. I think it's quite easy to keep your general alive. Depends who you're playing, what you got, I guess. Yeah, but you can put a model in your, in your pool. That, and in South Coast, you have to have a hero as your general. Yes, I like that, because the amount of... It annoys me having to kill five Iron Guts just to be able to kill the last one, which is yeah. the general. No, it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Breakthrough, which is um, you've got to move one scoring unit off of your opponent's territory table edge. Um, and I've had a few questions about this, but 
basically, I said only units that deployed at the start of the game could complete. So that means the unit has to be on the table and targetable. So not carrying, not, oh, it's coming on from an ambush, or it's coming on from a stormcast drop. You, su- you summon it like, or right it's a summon unit. Of the table. Yeah. yeah. It has to be a unit you've put down on the table at the beginning of the game, basically. Um, and then the at all cost abilities, you can only use if your general's alive. So, and what that means is the it's like a power up on the card. So, if you think I'm going to lose the main mission, you can burn the card and fail your mission automatically. But say I'm going to use this power up. Get but if path. yeah, but if their general's alive, and they think, oh, by doing that, you're going to be able to use your, you're going to win the mission. So I'm going to burn my mission to stop you doing it. So they yeah. lose their mission. So that is an important decision to make. Um, but again. Killing the general is quite a big thing because if you kill the general, they can't do this, and okay. if you kill their general, they can't stop you doing it. So the generals are going to be a really important model in your army. So that there's been a lot of play around, not just picking a random guy. You, you need to protect your general. Um, so and also a lot of the abilities have a range from your general. So it, again, they might not. They can't really keep them at the back of the board in the corner. And they've got to be around where stuff's happening. So. There's we'll see. Less hilarious sitting there, just yeah, yeah, or maybe not. <laughs> um, so one of them makes um, all units within twelve immune to battle shock, and any enemy units within twelve are a minus one to their bravery. And then you've got um, a, a mocking taunt, which is pick an enemy unit within eighteen of your general and not within three of your units, and all models must run towards your nearest unit. So basically, they break their ranks and because you taunt them. It's, a bit, it's the same as the sort of priest ability, but just better. Um, then you've got uh, picking of an 18 of your general. It loses its cover save and any effect from terrain, so like mysterious damned. So what you can do, if you roll a 1 for one of your units that you really need to move that turn, you could use this to actually target your own unit and stop it being affected by it and allowing it to move. Yeah, that's quite useful. So you can do it on your stuff, but also on your opponent. So, because rolling that one on mystical terrain is massive, it, mm. you know, it's yeah, it could be the difference between winning and losing. So yeah. you just think, well, I'm going to lose because of that. I'm going to burn the card and not get the mission. Like, yeah. Um, then you've got a um, another one which is picking it with an 18. It may run and charge, and it adds one to its run and charge rolls, which is really good. That's on the kill main burn one, so that means it allows you to do almost like an alpha strike with any army. So that's something you'd have to consider that you could play someone who does that on the first turn and you're just like, oh, I didn't even see that coming. You know, the Blood Knight unit running and charging on the first turn straight into your lines, just like, oh man. You know, you could even, if you're playing the first mission and you need heroes to score on the objectives, they could have like almost like a, a sort of a, a way in to that hero. And you go right. I'm going to burn it straight away just to to put me up and move the storm. Yeah. And then it puts them on the back foot. So it's, it's kind of that. I'm trying to get people to think more about what they're doing. So um, again, it's like only people are going to have to build. They're going to well, not build entirely diverse armies out of their pools, but have as many options of different types availed to them as possible in mm. in very different ways to how they may be currently, which is just an equation of. Spam the best unit. Spam, yeah. which is entirely intentional. It's trying to get away from that. Cool. Um, so I mean, we even put a cap in the comp, so you can't have more than six of the same thing, because we don't want 
to see the same unit just repeated. Because it's boring. Um, then we've got Tactical Withdrawal. So picking them in 18, it may retreat and charge this turn. So you could be pinned in combat with something. There's something on an objective round near them, but you can't get to them. So you could retreat out of that combat and then charge the unit that's on the objective. Could test that objective. So that could be massive. Um, and that's on... I know trying to put some of the the missions that are sort of the best effects on the easiest to complete missions. So you, you're you thinking, well, actually, that's an easy mission to do. So by burning it, it's a double whammy because it's a, if you've got... It's one of the missions you could probably say, I'm definitely going to get this one in this tournament. But actually, by by burning it to get a really good effect, it has a... It's one of your easier missions to complete. It's now gone. So it's that as well was I was considered when I was doing it. And then there's ambush, which is the unit. <laughs> so immediately set up a unit from your army. You did from your total army. You did not set up as your warband. No worth more than one six pool choices. Um, can't deploy with a nine of an enemy. If the unit, um, if you what you can do instead is if you've done your mission and the unit you moved off the table, you can bring them back on. So you could have moved a unit off the table and then gone... Actually, I need them back. Actually, I need them back. Um, and you can put them back on. But again, you do fail the mission, so it's it's that kind of... It's almost a take-back. you almost gone, oh, shit, I shouldn't have moved them off the table. Um, yeah, was it really a good choice to put that unit of plague drones off the table? Probably not on like, Battle Round 2 or something. Um, yeah, that's pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that's the missions. I know that's quite a lot of content there because it's, I know there's a lot to it and that's my only worry really is how maybe complicated it might be for people. How long are the rounds? I think we've got two in, two hours, 45 minutes. So you, you've you got an extra 15 minutes to talk about the, yeah. the mission a bit. So yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, I think um, the South Coast Army's come out a little bit smaller than... Uh, the Clash armies as well, so it should be a little bit easier. But I suppose we should probably talk about. I mean, I'm not going to go through their FAQ and house rules. You can just go and read that if you want. It's, it's on the websites and stuff. But maybe just about how you select an army and the pool choices. I guess is probably a good point. Mm. So have you written any lists, yet, Les, or have you? Um, yeah, I've, I've basically the the list that I I ran against Rob. Was I just took a, like a bare 100 um, against Rob? I haven't really thought about my 150. Um, I, I think looking at the way that the missions are after playing Rob in that one mission and seeing the the, the actual like how each mission differs in the, the, the Chiefs have been playing, um, I think I need to go out to the drawing board um, really? with what I'm doing because I'm just what well, I can do one thing. Wow, with the lists. I mean, the list I took against Rob was like the standard list I've been taking against everyone recently, which is, you know, your, your Skyborn Slayers, your Prime, um, and then filling up the the rest of my like allocation with units on the table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think against Rob, I had Heraldor, Venator, um, and uh, two units of Prosecutors. It was about that, um, which is a little bit smaller than I get with Clash, which I think in the mission that I played, the, the the life mission, it was really good because it allowed me to, you know, force his hand and like, you know, come You're going to be taking two heraldors in that mission, right? I know, yeah. Because it's like everyone's on the terrain, 
And you're like, like they good better at turning it than normal units because they're heroes. Rob, Rob didn't know what it did. It was quite. Oh. Like, <laughs> did you not tell him what it did? Or? No, I, I told him what it did. But just how you wins his games, mate. Just yeah. goes. He just goes. It does its yeah, thing. It does oh, hero, amazing. Does thing later on. I will tell you about it when I do it. Oh, I've tabled you. Sorry, mate. That's what happens. You'll know next time. You learn next time, yeah. But you no, could just I do think... what you do and just change the rules. Just yeah, cheat. Yeah. Just change get, it. Just cheat. Get, get my book out when it suits me. Get my app out when it suits me. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. That's not yeah. a bad idea, actually. I should you use shout. the Kairos on the app for the plus two to cast. And then <laughs> use the book for it. And then use the book for everything else, because he's yeah. the only thing that got nerfed in the book. Unless you're playing against it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then they'll have to use the book edition. If they, I'll be like, no, look, because my book says <laughs> you don't get plus two to cast. So. Amazing. Disclaimer, yeah. we're not recommending you do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board because I think you need to... I, I normally take a lot of characters, but looking at the way that the missions play, I, I think that I need to have a, a more varied selection in my army. You need to, I think, looking at the way that the missions sort of stack into each other, it really promotes you having a varied but balanced 150. Um, and mine is very... I think my, my 100 is sort of like a blunt instrument, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and I, I'm looking at stuff like I've already put a shout out because I think that having two relictors is going to be crucial for one mission. You know, the first mission, I think, yeah. with the, the heroes, because I get to heal wounds. I can keep characters alive because of what they do. They're actually pretty fighty themselves, you know, and I'd never consider taking a relictor. Because yeah. you could camp two, uh, yeah. one on each with, with like a... Um, what the guy called Venator, yeah, and then just sit there and shoot, yeah. shoot their heroes on the objectives while healing yours. Yeah, while putting the healing on it. So yeah. that's, that's and you've got two guys there that can move the storm front, so they've got to kill both to get rid of your score. And I'm putting on a three up, putting D three wounds back on, uh, yeah. and stuff. So that, that's stuff that you know I'm, I'm having to now find room for in. in you my might list. find the Drakov's good in that as well because he's a survivable hero who's quite quick and go forward. But also his lightning breath, he can snipe the characters that are on the objective out because of the distance and stuff. Yeah, um, it's going to be so much fun to play in that scenario where he's just sniping your characters from the corner <laughs> of the board. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing you have to sort of like try and have a list that can score well, but can also deal with stuff like Croak, who's going to sit there and score from the corner. Yeah, of the board. some armies will be better at other missions than, than others. Oh yeah, like you know, I, I think the mission three, the Ramble Life, I think my Stormcast list was really good. It, you know, yeah. I, because nice you can score. deep strike down on multiple bits. Yeah, and well, I mean, obviously, I score in the hero phase. Like I pinned my, the whole plan I had against Rob was I come down on turn one, which and fight him on turn one. Because I can't score in the hero phase because I've already got my my units sort of like my my half of the board is mine and his half of the board's his because no one's scored anything because I'm not going to contest in the hero phase. Yeah. And then I come down on the first turn and pin his army in place on his side of the table, and then whoever gets the next turn, I then start scoring while trying to sort of like not corrupt or you know um his terrain pieces on his side of the table whilst pinning him in place so he can't come and corrupt my side of the table whilst i've pinned him on his side of the table and i can try and corrupt his and uh, you know and i did that which is you know it ultimately won me the game but um yeah you have to, you have to but then looking at that list i do not think that list would work in another mission in the uh, like you know there's no point in me having that list in the the fire fire brimstone mission because you're scoring from turn one 
and you know, I mean, yeah, I can sort of like maximize the amount of units in one corner of the table or drop it all in the middle and try and span out. But, but I think the Stormcasts are going to be quite strong in that mission because I think they're in the, in the event in general because they're that flexible. Yeah. Because um, you, you can do as long as you, I think, as long as you take a, a, a varied balanced 150, I'll be all right. I think if you sort of like hone your 150 for one thing or only yeah. take the 100 and go, that's what I'm going to be taking in every game, I think then perhaps you might come a bit unstuck unless you get lucky or unless you're a really good player. But, I think the hope is as well that I mitigate some of the tricked out lists. Yeah. Because if you go, this is my one trick to go and kill stuff. If you've got to try and play around all these different scenarios, you can't just take that one trick. So yeah. you're losing the flexibility in your pools if you're just going to go down that route. Because yeah. if you've got a trick that relies on you deploying like 10 or 11 pools on the table every game, it may not necessarily be the good for that mission. So mm. you're going to have to consider what you can do instead. Yeah, I, like, like I said, I'm gone, I've gone back to the drawing board and I'm spending a lot of time thinking about exactly what I need in my 150. I, I need like a core sort of like 80, 80, 60 to 80 pools that I take and then I then have the, the depth in my 150 to be able to change that core to be able to compete in the different missions, which is it's really good in its own way because it, it, it's making me think again. It's it's a really nice dynamic. I think I know we do the same thing with Clash, but I think with the how different each mission is under Safe Coast, that what you have in your 150 is more important mm. now than what you'd have in like your 30 at Clash. In my I opinion. think it's I think it's the strength of the the pack is the missions. <laughs> that just in terms of people who've been playing lots of events, it's kind of nice to mix it up a bit. Um, but we should probably talk about Ice Lets and Army really. We've been talking about it. Yeah. Okay. So you basically get 150 pools. It's the same as the independent pack. So you have every group of models has a pool cost. You can deploy up to 100 on the table. It's what you call your war band. Um, you you know you can't. You've got to have one model with a hero keyword. Um, no unit over sort of can be over 30 wounds when deployed or you know things like that. Um, there's a war machine cap in there. It's probably going to get changed in the next edition. Um, what taken out or increased? Yeah. So you can have more war machines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't have three of. You cannot have more than three of the same unit on the table. So you can't have like six heraldors. You could only yeah. have three. Um, three's enough though. Yeah, exactly. It's just a what, stop. So you could take three cannons. Yeah. Well, no, that's a war machine. It's different. So, oh, wait, you're limiting them to two duplicates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have two cannons, two uh, mortars, and two two steam tanks or something. No, three lord of Just get away from war machines because that's a different got its own restrictions. Right. Three lord I'm of talking about normal units. You couldn't have six lord of change or yeah, no, that's uh, fine. Or whatever, or six heralds as inch, or four heralds as inch, or you know, six units of ten skinks or something like that. Six units of fucking those stupid right over things. Yeah, Storm Fiends. Yeah, they're the cunts. <laughs> um, and you could also got summoning. So summoning, you can reduce your army size to create a summoning pool. Uh, so you get basically you get two for one. So for every point you reduce, you get two in the summoning. And summoning is um, is not just summoning spells. It's abilities that allow you to bring units on. Um, can also be you have to basically preempt anything you're going to put on the board. 
So the easiest way to think of it is you have like a tray of models. Before the game starts, you tell your opponent, I'm using summoning. This is on my tray of stuff I could bring on the table in any number of ways from all the abilities I'm going to put on the table. Um, once they come off that tray onto the table, they never go back to that tray. So it's like a one-use-only pool of models you can use. It's probably the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. It's a little bit confusing. So you can't go, I'll summon three flamers. Oh, you've killed them. I'll summon three flamers yeah, again now because exactly, now yeah. they're not on the board. You'd so have you, to have had six in your pool to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and if you're playing Destruction, we've given you an extra ten warband points if someone uses a summoning pool. And that's just because they don't have access to it and actually they don't have a wide variety of units either. So they kind of have a double whammy. They don't really have the variety yeah, that order have think, and they don't have they summoning. I think they can struggle a bit without, without um, summoning. I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure. I think they're still good. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's not really my intention to try and balance all the armies because no. they're not inherently balanced. But um, yeah, just kind of felt that they need to have something to kind of deter. They need a helping hand. Um, yeah. So that's basically how you select your army. Um, in terms of the pool document, we probably talk about how we went about doing it, shouldn't we, Terry? Because <laughs> yeah. you were heavily involved with this as well. So. What we did is we scored everything sort of individually, and we asked like Tony and Steve to score some stuff. Um, and Dan and Brian looked at it, and then we got together, didn't we, on Skype? And we spent yeah. probably fourteen hours, something like that. Yeah, about eight hours one day, and about six hours the next day, just going through every single option and talking about our pools. And what we did is we took a baseline, didn't we? So we said five points is five liberators, ten is five retributors, twenty is a dark elf dragon, and then we just went from there, really. And I think we said like 10 was a unit of Croxagor or something like that, or yeah. sort of monstrous infantry. Um, and then we sort of, as we went through, we sort of go, what's the sort of normal chariot? So I do a bit of cross comparison, but we went through everything like in detail, not just skimming it. Um, it was what, 800 ish war scrolls or something? It's like 700 and something, yeah. So it's quite a hefty amount. Um, but what had happened is the death, the chaos compendium had just come out, hadn't it? Yeah. So, decided that we weren't going to include the old ones from the PDFs, and we were just going to use the Grand Alliance Chaos book as the baseline of what should be in that, and the formations from other books, which has caused a little bit of... of um, uproar? Some, well, not really uproar. Some people aren't happy about it, but I think it's more the fact that they're from a gaming point of view rather than anything else. Because like, you had people crying about the hell cannon, basically. Um Call the hell cannon. Where, where, where? And they go, oh, it's, it's, I've got such a nice model. I want to use the model. So you go, oh, okay, use it as a dreadquake mortar. Oh, but it's not very good. So it wasn't well, really about well, so the model. You don't then. want to use it. About, it's not about <laughs> the model at all, is it? Um, Skaven players minged about the BSB. It was massive, let's be honest. Um, it was ridiculous. But, it was such a broken piece to have yeah, in your army. And to be honest, like, um, I know I had a rather worried message from Steve for about what's happening with death because that's out next week and it looks like tomb kings are all dead again they're yeah well not even undead but they're dead um gone deleted last month to buy so um we're not going to remove tomb kings from the event because we've already released the pack so we're not going to do that we might update the vampire ones to take out the named characters um to put them in line with the chaos one but Tomb King Compendium will stay as a compendium for death, so that won't be touched. But the, the vamp, all the vampire count scrolls might get updated. I haven't really decided yet. We need to talk to Dan about it, really. But I think it makes sense 
because otherwise you're going to have the issue that when we if you when we record and you talk about the Sheffield show about two different models having different rules from two different places. Yeah, which is a problem. You've got to say which is which takes precedent. So if one takes precedent, then the other shouldn't be used. Because um, otherwise, you have this. Yeah, and it's the same with like the chaos one. You've got in the in the PDF, you've got one rule for Kairos. In the in the um, book, you've got another rule. And on the app, another rule because the app's different to the book, but which is different to the P- is the same as the PDF. So yeah, but I think the app, to be honest, is a bit of a mess. It's it's so. Hit and miss. Because I had like, it before, I'd click on one unit and it would bring up the excited flamer rules. And I'm like, that's, but... That still happens with on the <laughs> website. If you hmm. click flamers, you get the exalted flamer come up. I think the other one was like blood crushers. If you click blood crushers, you get the exalted flamer. Yeah. And I had one as well that you click the blood warrior um, on the app and it brought up the blood warrior thing and the stat line was for blood reavers. So it's like, well, they're not blood reavers, they're blood warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the apps, to be honest, the apps got a lot of issues, um, for what we can see. So, for South Coast, we won't be using the app as the, as the point of the truth. I know in the first pack, I think it said that, but I'm going to remove that because I can't rely on the app. It's too, it's too messy. Sound doesn't it? I don't know what GW are doing in terms of sorting that out, but they look like they need to get a team of people to go through and tidy it up because it's a, it's an absolute dog's dinner at the moment. It sounds. Thoroughly untested. Not yeah, and I think going on. it's quite interesting because I remember having a talk with Alessio many years ago at one of the GTs about rules writing and things. And I think it might have even been part of the when I went on to the there's like an experience program that if you works for GW did, and he basically said that with rules they never he his philosophy when he was headed it was never to reprint a rule. It was to clarify rule, and that's all. And then when the new book come out. They would change it, if it, but they would never issue a book, a publication, and then change those rules in another pub update. Because what happens is you've got one person who has the old version, and you've got another person who's got the newer version, and they play each other, and then they go, "Well, that's not how it works," and you get argument, and you get, you know, it's not it's just that new dude at the club scenario, isn't it? It, it doesn't yeah, but, but that's, that's what's going to happen with the Grand Alliance book. Well, this is the problem we've got now: is that obviously that approach to rules because they're a, not a rules company or whatever. I don't know, I don't know whatever people want to say. That's the issue you've got: is that you've got different rules in different places. If they're going to update the rules, fine, do it. Update them. That's great. That's fine. I'm happy with that. But you need to have that. And it's the same with anything when you're looking at data management. You need a master data. You need that single point of the truth. So you need that that database where you say that is that is the correct. Yeah, draw up-to-date, all your numbers from and this. And everything else correct. comes from that. And the app's a great tool for that because it's online. It's accessed by everyone. It's free. But and it's instantaneous update. Everyone's got access to it. As soon as they update it, it's done. But if they're not going to maintain that master data set to keep that master data true, then it's it's worthless. It's what they say, shit in, shit out of any types of, of, of system. If you put bad data in, you're going to get bad data out. It's the same. You, you can't... If you're going to use that as your single point of the truth, um, then it needs to be up to date and it needs to be sorted out. So sort it out, Game Talk Shop, please. I know you're a, a models company in brackets, but people buy your models because they want to play the game 
and your company's called Games Workshop, not Model Workshop. So, um, yeah, hopefully you can sort that out. Well, they're changing the stores, aren't they, to Warhammer stores. To, oh, they've been doing that for years, though. Yeah, to they, not confuse people. Yeah, but that's more to do with people think they sell computer games. Yeah, so. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> they probably should. They could probably make a bit of money doing that. Yeah, they could. No, anyway. No. No, opposite my um, local, there's Waterstones, and they, they do magic on Fridays and sell Magic the Gathering, so it's all good. Right, anyway. <laughs> I'm sure they could take some hints from wizards on how to do things. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, so can most companies in our industry. But, I mean, this is what I've done in the South Coast. What we're going to do is we're going to put all the old scrolls back in and mark them as legacy. And the idea is that if you're playing down a club, you can still play with those scrolls. But for the event, they won't be used. And so what what would happen is, almost like in Magic, um, you have your standard variant, which is the latest three blocks, We'll have the ones that are used as the tournament standard for this system, if I'm going to maintain it going forward, which I probably will. And then you're going to have the ones that fall off that system. So if you're a TO, you can say we're going to play a legacy event so you can use everything. Or we're going to use the Realmgate event and you can only use Realmgate scrolls. Then when the next set of books come out, because I imagine this is GW's model now, they're going to start retiring old model ranges so they don't have to keep supporting them, they don't have to keep the tools, they don't have to keep the tools up to date, they can decrease the amount of models they have to print, box, have stock of yeah. so they can make more new models more regularly and almost cycle the range Well they have to, so one of the things they do for retailers and, and anyone in a similar position to myself will be fairly aware of this, they have the core range and they've got various stages of the core range, I think it's like, like five and stage one would be you literally got one of those ugly, horrible GW racks that aren't practical at all, and it's got a few space ring boxes on it, a couple of starter sets, and that's like core range one. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but where it caps out is, and we get lots of questions about this as a retailer, like, why don't you have this model? Well, it's not in the retailer selection, and they try and keep that selection at a manageable amount, so even a small store can say, don't worry, guys, we've got the entire retailer selection available, which I believe they try and keep up between 800 and 900 different SKUs. Yeah. Um, so them keeping, uh, and that is updated and has been. So like a steam tank will drop off, and warlocks will will drop on, or or whatever, or the new. Like I strongly suspect the the new start collecting bundles, they will render a couple of uh, regiment boxes irrelevant because why would you buy two individual boxes of blood letters if you can get two individual boxes of blood letters in this box plus this plus this plus this for like twelve pounds more or whatever? So. That selection is constantly evolving, and it would be only logical to assume that they take this approach for everything to kind of fit together. Yeah, and I think that's... I think you're going to see that going forward. I think you're going to see old models drop off. Um, like, I think you'll see when they redo the Seraphon, all the old lizard stuff will just drop off the website, and it will be completely new, new design direction, new... And, and they've got them, almost got this faction within a faction, haven't they? So you've got, like, the Malignants, you've got, like, you know, you've got, like, the Rotbringers, you've got the Zinch Arcanuts, you've got them there, a faction within Chaos, but they're not... So you could say they're going to release a faction like Fire Slayers, there's a book, bam, model, 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 that's done. Done now, Fire Slayers are done. Then they'll do which, the next set. Which is, I, I think that's where the Tomb Kings are going to go next. They're going to appear in their own book like that. Yeah, they'll be like the a Sentinel Guardians or something. Yeah. And then they will, they'll be, they won't look Egyptian. 
they aren't going to be Tomb Kings. They're going to be completely... I imagine there'd be a completely different thing, but they would have that sort of theme. You might have like some bowmen, some catapults, some chariots, that kind of martial theme, and then you'll have, you know, these like sort of these kings, uh, and it might be barrow kings, it might be white kings. You don't know. I mean, they might not even do that. They might decide not to. I, I don't really don't know, but um, I think I think it's a good idea because what it allows them to do is to move, is to rather than having to update old product lines and again if you've got a, a story where the story is evolving they're not going to be relevant because if they're not part of the story at the time then they're not relevant so it's like during the new books the thing that are relevant the silver Nef are relevant the rock bringers are relevant you know bloodbound's relevant stormcast relevant fire slayers are relevant so they've got books they've got models but then as the game goes on you know the story may be about, you know, the Aurochs and all the rest of it. The other stuff is sort of relevant, but it's not part of the main story, so perhaps they're going to drop off, and they'll say, and as they introduce new elements of that story, they can bring anything in, and the creativity side of it, they're not restricted by, oh, we'd love to do this model, but it doesn't really fit in any of the races. So, with the old sort of method, they would have to either, like, try and theme it to fit a race that exists, or create a new race, which then they have to support, and then you'll wait in 10 plus years for a new book. Yeah. Which doesn't really work. Never got an 8th edition book. No. And I would be very surprised if we didn't see the Bretonians dropping off the uh, the website fairly soon. they're going in next. I I was told in store, they're going in next. Yeah, I imagine that makes complete sense. And, like, for me, like, I mean, I've been playing Tomb Kings for over 10 years. I've got, I've got probably over seven, eight thousand points worth. Um I've got two painted different painted armies, a bit like they're a bit like my Skaven to what you know, for Wayne. Um but for me, like am I upset? No. No, it's fine. If I want to use the models I can still use them. Um if you know at the end of the day that it's moving along and I say, well, I've had my time with those models, that's fine. I can move on. I just play my normal vampires or my death faction. But I'm actually really excited to see what's coming out for death, because I've always loved Dead Dead. So if they're going to do a load of new stuff in more in the vein of like the Morgast, the Mortarks, I love all that stuff. I, I, I just can't wait to see what they're going to do. I think it's going to be brilliant. And if they're dropping the Tomb Kings off to make room for more death units, then, yeah, bring it on. I really want to see it. So Yeah. But for, for the South Coast, we're 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 not going to drop Tomb Kings out of the event um, because we've already sold tickets off the back of that pack. But um, as the comp gets updated, I will I will be updating it with this legacy idea and things like that. So, but I think there's been quite a reaction about the Tomb Kings. It's been quite a big thing online. Yeah. Have you seen any of like the blogs or anything? Have you looked? There's um, someone linked us a, a thing yeah. to read actually. Um, her- I. I- I did give it a look. It was a lot of text. It's the Heraldor, an yeah, interesting Heraldor blog, blog yeah, which I've got up now. And it talks a lot of bit comparisons between the squats. You remember the squats, 40k? Yeah. And things being squatted in as a GW thing. And, um, and also it's like, you know, um, as a community, we can still keep them alive and all of this. And it's like, well... We can do, or we could just accept it, move right, on, and can. enjoy here's, here's the, the new problem, things. Here's the problem, though, as well. Right, so you they take the Tomb King Compendium is also in Last Chance. Yep. And I'm sure someone mentions, or he mentions in there, 
There's literally thousands of copies of it online everywhere. It's out there now. But what if you just join the scene? Yeah. And you go down the club, and there are no Tomb Kings, and then you're someone gets out their Tomb King army of their compendium, and you're like, what's this? I've got a real example of this. When I started going to tournaments, and you play someone who's got a Dogs of War army, yeah, right. Sixth edition, and they pro out their fucking printed out bits of paper, and you're like, what is this? And you have no idea what any of it does, and and you're like, well, this isn't much fun because basically the game is them telling you what the rules are. Yeah, it doesn't really legitimize it as a as a serious. I know that's a silly word, but well, no, but, it, about, but it's it's kind of like it you can't help, plan, can you? If you don't know about something that doesn't exist, it's a bit like when there was that fan fiction Chaos Dwarf book. Yeah, it's great, but I don't think it's good for tournament play. Down no. the club, fine, whatever. Can, but can you imagine it like? Four years time, someone drops down their fucking necro sphinx in front of you, and you don't know what the fuck it does. Yeah, I mean, and, then, and you've never seen the model because it's not even available. Yeah, and and you you'll find that as well. Like they'll probably find more stuff will drop off. So you get like order players going, "Oh no, we want to keep Brett's alive so we can keep the trebuchet." It's like well, I, that's not really what it should be about, is it? <laughs> no. I think so. something that we're all going to have to accept is that if we've got a standardised old world army that cannot be ushered into the new era, then at some point they're going to put a pin in it because it's not going to fit the new aesthetic. And, exactly. and I think that the sooner all of us get on board with the fact that, I mean, realistically, our high elves going to look like high elves, our dark elves going to look like dark elves going forward. Probably not. I don't know what you're on about. They're called elves, elves now, aren't they? Elf, elves, elves, elves. You know what I mean. Isn't but someone like this is the point, like, isn't it? Richard as an example. Rich Burdett's got that lovely um, themed Empire army, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the next two years or whatever, when they do Empire again, that arm is not going to look right on the table, is it? It's oh. stuff. You know, they won't. Units may not even. You know, the only thing that I think they'll probably carry forward are the Demigriff Knights. But I don't think my IF army looks Age of Sigma. No. It's dull. Well, it doesn't fit it, does it? You know, well, I think it is. It's just a modern approach that is in pretty much every other geeky hobby you could choose to pick. Like, yeah. uh, let's let's go with the computer games industry because it's the easy example. That that changes, uh, like a character changes. It can't take this mount or weapon, or it stops being able to use a bow or, or anything like that. It's just it just happens, and then you've got well, it's like, a yeah. new different thing. Look at look at WoW. It's a time to any MMO. They get they patch it, bring out an expansion, and they change how a class fundamentally works. They keep things fresh. Yeah, and it, it, it mixes it up, and you go, well, I can't... I've been playing this class, and it, now it doesn't play the same way. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing, because now you've got to do something different, you've got to enjoy it. It's a bit like Diablo. Oh, we've changed all the armor sets. Great, make it different. I want to learn something new, I want to chase something, I might not want to play that character anymore. Fine. You know, it's the same with armies, I think... If they're going to do it, and I, do, I think the only problem is, again, it's going to be execution. Um, and I think they're executing it badly at the moment, which is they're releasing a compendium. They're not updating the app. And they're not really being clear about what is last chance to buy, because... If you're going to do something like this, you've got to do it balls deep and properly, yeah, right? You've got to do it. you've got to do it properly. And I actually, I would have wished, I wish... And probably most players out there wish that when they when they did if they're going to do this they just culled the Seraphim range completely, and went we're not having them. They're going to be Seraphim. We're going to be the old ones. We're going to talk about the Slan. We're going to talk about it. 
but actually, they're not lizardmen. They're not going to look like Aztec lizards. They're going to look like star viper, you know, alien, weird, like I think demo- that's demons. Happen, yeah, but they should have just culled the whole range and gone. Uh, they're gone. They're gone. They're coming back. They don't know where they are at the moment. Bit like the elves. They've done that. They've sort of hinted that they're they're hidden. They're they're not. Around. And that's probably because they're going to come out and completely scrap all the rangers. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be no because I mean, look at the, the the high elf range. Look at the dark elf range. Yeah, they're relatively. Some of the the, the dark elf kits are relatively new, and some of the the wood elf kits are relatively new. But that wood elf book's still what two years old now, three years old. Must be yeah. Getting yeah. up to three years. To get them to three years old, so it's you know in the next if they're not releasing elves this year to the end of this year four years they've already had the cycle they've made the money off that they could scrap the entire elf range you know and I just, think they will and reboot it all honestly I think they will you know, I, I, just, I honestly think that you will see the elves all the old kits will go and there'll be a new range yeah uh, you might see elements of the old kits but I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised there's some more modern looking ones isn't there but, yeah. I mean, high elves. Even look at the, what did the high elves get when they released that new book? They got phoenixes, and that was it, and a, and a chariot, a bird chariot, white right? lions, and phoenix guard. But that was oh, that, that was way before. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they were before that. Right. They got Alariel, the lawmaster, uh, the chariot with the sea guard on it, Shadow. the phoenix, the uh, sisters of Avalon, and the um, the shadow warriors. Yeah, so, right, yeah. You know, they could literally just go like, right, that high elf book is years old now. Let's put a pin in it, and then say last chance to buy with this high elf book, and then re-release the entire. Do what they've done with the fire slayers. I hope they do because it don't make sense, do they? No. Like the, the elves as three different factions don't make sense. No, they need to be one faction with different flavors of each one. Yeah, and you might have like the more sort of woodland rangery type ones and wanderers or whatever they're called. Because the thing is about the elves, they're all based around the environment they're in. And the history of the elves in, in Warhammer was so rich. But it was this massive... They're all the same people that have just split. But that doesn't, that doesn't work for Age of Sigmar. It doesn't make sense for Age of Sigmar. As well, it gives them a chance to create their own elven law as opposed to... Yeah, Orange as opposed Tolkien. to let's be Tolkien and, yeah. and, you know... It allows them to actually say, they're not elves like elves. They're, they are, but there are elves. They're not Tolkien. They're not based off of something else. Yeah, they have something legally distinct as well, which for various business reasons makes sense. Yeah, and I think um, going forward, I'm quite, I'm quite excited. Like I'm for me, like I, I, I want the new stuff. Just, just the old stuff. Just, just, just no, nah, not anymore. Just ditch it. It's fine. Ditch it. I just think we move on. Let's move on. I like the imagery. I want to get on behind it. Um. So the sooner they do it, the better. The sooner they get rid of all these old order units and scrolls, the better, because some of them are just dumb. Um, I'm glad they've done it with Chaos. I'm really happy, and I'm really stoked about the death book. I've got to plan out my death army. I've got all my models I'm going to rebase and all the other stuff. I'm just going to sell it. I'm just going to get rid of it. So sell it Sell it to all the Ninth Age and Kings of War players. Well, I'm just going to sell it all. And I, said, well, it I don't need it anymore. It's mm-hmm. fine. That's so what I'm going to be doing with my, my, my warriors and my demons. You know, just get rid of it and... Just have one army, and then as new, as new stuff gets released, you just add to your your grand alliance, whatever one yeah. you're playing. I mean, and, and I think that's that's fantastic, and that again, that's where I am in you know just in life in general. That's kind of where I want to be anyway. I just don't want to be doing like whole new armies like yeah. over you know in being on that cutting edge anymore. I just want to be playing my faction and 
you know, oh. just buying the odd model every ever month or something and painting it up and just enjoying my paint time a bit more. Um, yeah. That's what the hobby is about at the end of the day, isn't it? And I think that this has given us the opportunity to enjoy our hobby without committing to six months of how trying to paint a million models where, you know, I've got a Stormcast army. Once this is done, if I want to add fire slayers to it, I will. If I want to add, you know, wait till the next order book drops. Because that was always the problem in terms of barrier to entry. You go, okay, I've got my, I've got my Stormcast army. Then they release something cool. And they're like, I don't know, they're like the free peoples, like the Sigmaron people, like normal martial troops. And you're like, they're really cool. If that was like the old edition, that'd be a new book. You'd have to buy, paint and buy a 2,000-point army of them. You've got to paint like 600 money. points yeah. of core, or you have a bollocks that goes with it, just to be able to use that new cool model you wanted. But all you've got to do now is you go, I really like those two models and that unit. I don't like the other two, but I'll just buy the ones I like and pop them into my list. Yeah. And that's fine. And then you can have factions within factions, and I think it's a really clever idea. It's a really good way of working, I think. Um and as a hobbyist, it's exciting because I don't want to paint the same unit 20 times. Who wants to paint a 100 of something? Yeah. The same thing. I don't want to paint a 100 of the same thing. I'll paint 20 in a unit with a banner and command, but that's it. I've done. I don't want to paint, like, 60 of them. Well, why yeah. do I want to do that? It's boring, isn't it? Just dry brush them instead. It's fine. Well, that's what I've done. <laughs> so. But, you know, even that army's got I've got a variety of different models in that army. Um, they might yeah. be similar in theme, but then I could have decided that I was going to do a few of those units and a few other chaos units and a few demon units, and then I'm not. I keep the variety that way. So, but I, I think as well, like the the Tomb King stuff. I love the Tomb King stuff. I don't get me wrong. It's you know I've played with it a lot. They the only thing that I was a little bit annoyed about is that they've never really been that good. Um, in the game, they've all been like mid mediocre in terms of power level, but the um, under Age of Sigma they're very strong um, with the new book. But obviously, well with the compendium, but it's all going, so it's fine. But there'll probably be events that play Legacy where you can play it out. I mean, it's it's, well, it's down to CEOs, been about isn't it? having different events just so people do have to change their lists. Things get stale if it isn't like that. So especially with you kind of formalizing approach and even giving it a, a, a proper term I imagine yeah. there will be a thing whereby okay this is a campaign weekend and we're doing a legacy style one bring whatever the hell you like Yeah. another idea is to say if you want to take war scrolls from across the, the, the faction you have to use the grand alliance book but if you want to play vampire counts you have access to the other scrolls but you can't take tomb king stuff Yeah. so you could do it that way as well and you could yeah, do it with the same so there's lots of different ways you could go with it just to keep the same, roughly the same army fresh at different events. Yeah, interesting. But I think that's, we've obviously gone off a bit of a tangent from <laughs> South Coast, but um, uh, going forward, we will be updating the pools, um, changes from the costs, still accepting feedback. The new book came out, didn't it? The Balance of Power? Yeah, some formations yeah. in there as There's well. There's loads to in there, yeah. yeah. So we're going to add all those. Um, I, I like the formations in there. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. Well, There's some really like. good chaos ones in there as well. Well, there's a Stormcast form where you get plus one armor to every unit. Ah, uh, yeah, I saw that one. That that shouldn't be allowed. And then you take three, three Castellans and just buff each three units and push it forward and smash people up. But if you kill the Castellan in that formation, the whole lot loses that save. Yeah. So, mm. and he's got no mortal wound save. Definitely yeah. So just get your Hellcannon. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. 
Bye bye. Uh, yeah, sorry, Ben. Fuck you, hell cannons. Fuck you. I'm taking my ball. I'm coming home. Um, yeah, good. And then, obviously, we should probably talk about Scarrack the Bloodborne. Great Korgraf Corn from Forge God. World. Is that that ass picture that. you sent me? Korgraf ass. He's got the worst ass in history. <laughs> like it just looks misplaced. Teachers, isn't it? It just looks misplaced, doesn't it? It looks like. He like likes big a, butts and he cannot lie. It's like a background dancer from the Mobos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say it, but it's, it's like should be on, enough, he should be on some sort of rap video shaking his ass. Yeah, it's twerking away in the background. I think his, um, the thing that annoys me about this model is his waist is too small. He's if you actually look like, at the model, it's got like some sort really of corset fit, thing right? going. Sorry? Dancing keeps you really fit. Yeah, apparently. But he's like, his like biceps are wider than his waist. Yeah, if you look at a lot of bodybuilders. <laughs> I don't really spend my time looking at male bodybuilders, mate. So I'm <laughs> you got to look at fitness, you know, if you're doing it. got to appreciate the male form. Okay, <laughs> that brings us on to uh, <laughs> the revelations we had at Sheffield. The new, uh, so, the, new, uh, the new Spaceball releases. Sorry? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Appreciate um, the male form in the most spazzy group of... Hashtag not Wolverine models you've ever seen in your life. Is that the uh, the Wolfen? Yeah, they're like happy clappy campers meets Wolfen. I like the come at me bro one that looks like he's holding a snowball. But then have you seen the three the three new characters they've put up? Yeah, they're, 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 they're all fucking amazing. That mustache is epic and that beard. Oh, yeah. Frick the Slayer looks like an Empire Greatsword guy in yeah. Power Armor. Yeah. yeah. Best update I've seen from an old model because I used to love that old model, and I think Darren and the Iron Priest as well. Is it Darren Latham Scott? Darren Latham Scott is all right. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. I, I like even like the Iron Priest. I remember the old metal for for that one. Yeah, and the new one is fucking great. It's, They're all it's, really nice. It's took all the best elements of the old model and updated it. I do have real issues with the indented designs on the cloaks, though. From a painting perspective, that shit is a nightmare, and I'm really annoyed about it. Just green like, stuff. Apart from, yeah, you green stuff it or just black line it, but I really like trying to paint strange 45-degree angling cuts. Yeah. I they're going beyond that shit. I don't like it. Oh, are they, um, his cloak, are they Are they actually cut into the black yeah. cut? But they're recessed though, aren't they? So it's not too bad because you can blend over the top and then just blackline them. Yeah, well, that, I think that's the only. Literally, they've made it so that's the only way to do it, which I don't like it. Because I don't like ones that are embossed because I find blending the cloaks a pain in the ass. I know yeah, you can shave them off, but. Yeah, you're right. He does I mean, a... you, could, you could fill those and then well, sand it smooth do, again. Yeah. It'd be a pain in the ass. Well, a bit, I don't know. It's, it's a fairly smooth inside bit of the cloak, so a bit of yeah. And, and the outside's good, quite smooth, actually, it's on that back fold. Yeah. So, yeah, doable. Beautiful models, though. They, they all look fantastic. I fantastic. think that's, that's probably model. my favourite model that's been released yeah. for 40k. You could, um, you could take off a lot of those Space Wolf emblem bits and pieces, sand him out quite a bit. You could actually put him in an Empire army. Yeah. I think he just looks like a human dwarf. Do you not? Yeah, he looks yeah, like the yeah, dwarf model that's got the... Um, there's that dwarf model that's, that's just one of my favourite Warhammer models ever, and that's the dwarf who's leaning on his axe, his like, upside-down hammer, yeah. with his helmet off, and I just think that model is like an Iron Breaker. He wouldn't look out of place in a Stormcast army uh, as a like a warrior priest or something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You could actually change his hand, put a banner in there, and use him as a relic yeah. to... That'd look that's, really good. That's not a bad idea, actually, Russ. 
Um, and he's even got like uh, you could maybe even use him as a heraldoise. He's got a horn on his belt, hasn't he? Yeah. Take oh, that skull helmet out. Just like mix and match whenever you find. Yeah, it. but the, the skull helmet's fine because it's it's um on you know, relic tear. It's it's fine, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, I mean you could take it out and put a normal helmet in there, but or you could just skull. get rid of the piping. And then he's just holding a skull, which is what things in our game do. It's all about yeah. skulls. I never thought of that, and I was going to convert a new relic to uh, a Castella model, but you just convinced me to buy that model. I didn't need much excuse, but no, <laughs> it would be quite. Um, it would be quite easy to cut that skull out because that hand and skull separate. Yeah. So you could even not even put that arm up, that hand on, and just put a different hand coming out yeah. of the cloak. So yeah. you could actually have a shield or something coming out of that cloak. Maybe you could do him as a Castellan if you if you had the the weapon arms. He yeah, could well, be that's one of, the, one of the nice things about the, the rangers being modernised slightly towards each other. You do get more opportunity for crossover. When you see an awesome model, there is now a higher chance that actually you can make it work in your system, which is the opposite from the system it was designed for. Yeah, and you could probably buy this model. Just take the gun out. I mean, I think it's this beautiful model. I I'm really big fan of that. But we're not a 40k podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> while, while we're talking about just that quickly. A, uh, the 40k range getting Age of Sigmarified. That was big news the other day on the forums. I think it's dead. I, I wasn't used to the word Age of Sigmar. I just, just mean modernised, updated. Yeah. I think I think Games Workshop are just changing their business model because they know it's not really applicable going forward. That whole so, race of release a book, release a range, release a book, release a range. It's just not. Yeah. It's not practical in in like war they've gaming. Got think, they've got to think. Five ten years ahead. So for all the people who are pissing and moaning and rage quitting now, that's that's going to happen because they're they're geeks who can't control themselves. The the younger generation who are going into it, it just doesn't fit with how other things work in the geeky industry. So no, it does. It's not accessible for new people, and it's not you know it's just not working. I'm excited. I think it's really good. Um, you know, and I think 40k being updated, it's a good thing. Com. Yeah, it might make it's me play. Just keep now. Just keep making pretty models. I might paint some of them. You could start doing 40k AOS crossover events. No, let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Got my uh, my land raider in my stormcast army. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to uh, more wounds, bro. Take it off. <laughs> just going to open up the uh, assault platform and release my judicators. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think 40k and Age of Sigmar should stay separate. Cause yeah, yeah, I do. I was joking. <laughs> every single person that I know that's played 40k that or, or aware of that plays 40k that wants to play Age of Sigmar is a fucking tool. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> every single person. Oh, well, I don't care. I don't, don't care. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> it's like the, the most extreme gameism. <laughs> it's like you play that game, you're a twat. No, no, it's just generally, judging by my experience. There are a lot of balance that play 40k, but equally there's a lot of balance that play fantasy. I think you're more talking about an isolated group of individuals that you have contact with every week. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. You said it, not me, Les. I honestly don't care. (laughs) Just Just call him out. Just Just say his name. Just say he's calling him a twat. It's fine. No, don't. Don't. Oh, he knows who he is. If, even, the gaffer's already told me to shut up. So. Yeah, exactly. He's just texting you now. Shut up, I can hear you. <laughs> the, the, the war chief alarm's gone off. Like the red phone's rang in his office. Dancing goes, for fuck's sake, Les. <laughs> um, well, I think that probably wraps up this show. I don't, is there anything else you want to ask about South Coast or anything? Or? I was going to say earlier, when you were saying what, what uh, lists has Les written, 
Um, I was going to go with mine. I, yeah, I'm really struggling. No one cares. Like, I'm steaming, sir. No, same thing you take every every time. It's got chaos. It's got Skaven and warriors in it. What Skaven stuff have you got, Terry? Just for the listeners out there. I can I can guess. I can guess. Should we all have a guess at what Skaven stuff Terry's got? Baron, Baron, Skaven. What do you think, Terry? I've got on my list for South Coast. Yeah, Skaven. The one Skaven thing you've painted. (laughs) 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 My grace here was in my Sheffield list. I'm going to take three kick claws. And I'm going to take Storm Fiends with the really good shooty <laughs> and the really good fighty. Well, maybe the formation. The formation. Oh. All, all wrong so far except Byron. That Grace here will be in my list, but everything else is wrong. Giselle's. Photoshop Giselle's. Giselle's. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Might might put some Giselle's in. You got a painter there, haven't you? Yeah, I remember yeah. gone are the days of you gone. speed painting to get stuff on the table, just yeah. tournament ready, just so you've got a better list. Nah, gone are gone. those days, Terry. Just remember that. They're yeah. gone. They're gone. It's gone. They're gone, but they're not. They're gone. That's <laughs> why I didn't have blood at Sheffield. No, but you did have some like half painted exotic seeker chair. Didn't you tell me the other day you were going to win Safe Coast, so you want to have like the best list you possibly can? Are you the new Ben Curry? Is that why you hate you? Is that what? If you are you the new Ben Curry, turn up. I'm going to win this event. Turn up. Finish nowhere. Maybe. <laughs> Although I actually podium, so it's a bit I'm not talking about Sheffield, I'm talking about, I'm oh, talking South, about Coast. South Coast. Yeah. You no, didn't I... say you were going to win Sheffield, did you? Uh, no, I thought I was going to do alright at Sheffield, actually. I did say that on the last podcast. I said I'd do, I'd do alright, and I did, yeah. so it was okay. You had a bunny run, though, didn't you? Mm, yeah. I did get to smash, smash someone up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I want to go to South Coast with the intention of winning. But at the same time, it's really hard to write a list with Chaos to do that, I think. Too much choice. I've, my pool, every time I write a list, I go 200. Well, 50's got to go. And then you get it down to 160, and it's impossible to get rid of the last 10. It's so hard to write a list for it, Chaos that can do hard. every scenario. Well, I think that's good, isn't it? It is good. That is, that's why it's really hard to write a list. I think under MoComp, you just go, yeah, three big blocks, sit Done. on the objectives, and then take some shooting. Because that's, that's what you need. And I might swap out these two things. Yeah, and oh, if I'm playing against some shooting, I'll take these two war machines or these two things that are really good at absorbing shooting, like protectors or something. So it's, yeah, it's been really hard to write lists. I haven't written a list that's close to 150 where I've gone, oh, that's pretty fucking good. Because you get to about 160 and you're like, that's really good. But if I drop this last 10, then I, I can't compete in all six scenarios. So it's re- it's really hard. But it's a good thing. I think so. I'm going to take what I have painted. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and you're allowed. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Uh, we're not going to ban it. We're not going to go, no, it doesn't represent the cod, the fish, whatever we said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Majestic Cod as my faction. Can I take Alan now? Yeah. It's Maybe. fine. Um, hopefully everyone, um, you lot are all going to go and enjoy yourselves and um, uh, well, I should mention probably I haven't I haven't put the painting pack up yet because I'm still working on it. Any of you guys excited about the painting competition? Yeah. yeah. Are you planning something? Are you doing well, something one new? of those two Bellens will probably win the single miniature, so they should be excited. I've got to finish my uh, my standard bearer dude to a uh, a level that makes me hate myself. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got to start something. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. But well, well just, just start yeah. something Thursday night, Les, for Saturday. You'll be fine. <laughs> <won't> you? <laughs> just, let's just do do what I'm doing in red. 
it'd be fine. Yeah. Just um. Ooh. What about a uh, doing a really cool space wolf model? No, it's black in it. <laughs> you don't, don't have to be black. Yeah, but your it? stuff's turquoise, isn't it? Okay. So yeah, you can paint in turquoise. He doesn't have to be black. Mm, you can convert convert him up into a relic to do that as your entry. Yeah. Yeah. You already know what my ideas are, Sandy. I already told yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I told you to do. Wasn't it? Yeah. Go on, summoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing so with it though. So yeah. putting on a base, popping up my bum. No, I'm not. Like <laughs> if I you can get my prime done in time, then that's that's what I'll use. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to paint through. Take Croak. What, just... I, I think Croak's going to be fucking loving the South Coast event. He's going to be featured I don't all think over the he fucking will. place. I'm, I'm going to have a safe. I'm going to have a Stormcast army and Croak. I don't and think two he will. Pew, 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 pew. Basties are going up. Yeah, fucking right they are. Yeah. Um, Dan yeah. told me a story. Inch. He told me a story about his down his club. Um, I think um, some of the great demons need to go up as well, Terry. So don't get too excited. I think Lord of Change and Kairos need to go up a little bit. I think the Great and Clean one does now. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Because of the change to the rule of the buff effect, I think he, now he's actually a lot better. Uh, I don't because before he didn't buff the 10. units at all. Yeah, I just don't see him worth being taken over 10. That's but... what Dan said about Basties. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not worth it. I just wouldn't take it. It's too Bruh, expensive. It's my storm too I've just bought four. <laughs> Byron went out. Uh, sorry, Brian went out and bought like three of them straight away after our conversation. So like, yeah, it, then he, so then he come back to me and goes, they definitely need to go up. Yeah. <laughs> Name and no names, Rob Perrin's army, where he's got two fucking great and clean ones and three soul grinders, and every fucking plague drone in the Chaos Wastes. That yeah, nice. I think um, some of the Nurgle stuff uh, with the with the great and clean one now buffing it, like the Herald did. I, I, don't, I think... don't think he's got massively. I just think he needs to go up by one or two points. Um, I'm using mine as a soul grinder. Yeah, but I think your soul grinders have had a lot of feedback saying they're too cheap as well. You reckon? Yeah. That's the price they are in MoComp, and no one takes them. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to have to look at it. I'm not saying they're going to change. I haven't looked at the soul grinder in detail. It's quite fun if you go in with full wounds, but I can't see that as when you make it a soul grinder of corn. Can you do that? Yeah, can make it whatever you want. And you've got, yeah, it gets extra attacks. Yeah. That's cool. But the banners don't multiple, stack, so. Can you put oh, multiple things in the same category in the painting competition? Completely off topic. I guess um, you'd be your own boats, wouldn't you? So. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't see why you couldn't. But, um, That'd be a bit silly, though, because you'd be competing with yourself. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have one covered in cotton wool and Tamiya clear red, and <laughs> and GW effects. Yeah, put him in the open category. <laughs> Googly eyes. <sighs> Yeah, open category that, and then single miniature character your other one. Yeah, also, the best in shows voted by by us anyway. So yeah, here's here's one for you. This is an actual South Coast related question. I'm not going to answer it on live on air. You should do because you'll know what it is. It's fans got them. Right, Mystic Shield. Yeah. Doesn't stack. Any buff with the same name doesn't stack. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do debuff stack? No. So if you use, um, say, I don't know, something that makes someone minus one to hit a spell. Yeah, you so, can't stack it. So you can't give them that twice. No. It says it doesn't say buffs, it says effects and okay. South Coast. So can you do it on different turns? What do you mean? 
well, let's use uh, the only one I know that's permanent is Festus. So let's say he debuffs someone's armor by one. That unit is under that effect for the entire game. Can you do it in the next phase? So why didn't you just ask me about Festus? It's a different thing, isn't it? It's not a buff, is it? It's not. It's not an. Well, I don't know. It's difficult. I have to. It have gives you it minus one armor save for the rest of the game. Mm. What are you painting, Terry? Festus. <laughs> I've got. I've got a Festus that I'm considering using, but if it doesn't stack, I don't. I don't see. It, you know, really having a place because I'm already tight on points as it is. Especially if I'm going to have to. Not like take I say, I'm not going to answer that straight off on air because I haven't looked at it or thought about it. Yeah. So, as I say, we have got an email address for these sort of things. So, uh, yeah, I'll just just talk to you on, <laughs> online, I guess. <laughs> just a quick one as well, guys, um, which is for people attending the War Chief Warpath, they've had to change the venue. Um, oh, yeah, due to a problem at the cricket club. So if you go to, I think all the details are on at Chalt War Chiefs um, Twitter account. It gives you all the details, but they've changed it from the. Is it on the warmer forum? Is it, I don't know if they might have updated it on the warmer forum. I've only seen it on the Twitter account. Um, and yeah, they're changing it from the venue, the cricket club in Haverley, to um, a different venue in Churchstone, which is not that far away. So it's still relatively close to where it was going to be. It's about another sort of 15 minute drive in. So um, and also they're saying that remember to bring your your terrain. If you can't bring any terrain, get in contact with Johnny, uh, the gaffer, because there is some terrain that they can provide. But just like Safe Coast, we're expecting people to bring their terrain along. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Right then. Any more questions, or are we we done the South Coast thing? That's it, no. All right. Well, that's it for this mini-sode then, and we'll um we'll go on to uh record our main show in a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Get a drink break. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and hopefully people will come to the South Coast. If you want to come, you can. Um, I'll tag the advert in now. Want to be part of the largest UK Age of Sigmar tournament? Then look no further than attending the South Coast Grand Tournament 2016. It takes place on the weekend of the 9th and 10th of April and tickets are available now. For more information, click through the link in the show notes or head over to helenhammer.com forward slash SCGT for more information. And we're back from the other. So you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, just follow the instructions there to find out how to go. But, um, if you've got any questions or feedback, um, let us know if you, um, if you want to attend. We're really glad to see you there. We've still got tickets available. Um, our capacity is 200. I think we're up to over 135 players for Age of Sigma. So it's going well. Yeah. So let us know. I reckon it'll go to 150. I reckon there's still people that are going that aren't on the list. Like Byron's not on the list. Yeah, 160, I think. 165 maybe. Yeah. Good. It's going to be a beast. I think it's going to be exciting. And I think there's a lot of new players on the list. Yeah, smash up some chumps. Really confusing. It'll be like people's first tournament, I think. So Bunny run! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Terry, you're such a bellend. <laughs> Terry can actually prepare for it, and then we'll, we'll just turn up and have fun. Yeah, and but by him. Pe- people get bunny runs all the time and win events, you know? And all the that's time. a good segue on to our new- next show, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. We'll we'll be back soon. Bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at FaceHammer underscore. We 
hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.